Welcome back to part three of Bought and Sold by the Hooligan P. An old man said, approaching, his mask much like Hataru. It is me, the man of five years ago. Looking at him up and down, it seemed that he was the same height. His voice was still odd, and nothing had changed. Even the way he said miss was the same. So, he bowed politely. Always such a nice mess. If you'd like to walk with me, everyone who knew Vervile was worried sick, except your goon, that is. He laughed strangely, his shoulders shaking up and down in a jolly manner. He tried to walk behind him, which wasn't hard as he walked so fast, but he insisted that you stayed by his side. Um, I'm so sorry. Is my husband not happy about my arrival? Miss, I would not say that. He just doesn't know he's betrayed yet. But he will soon. <laughs> not about him. I do want to apologize for what happened. See, your driver has stopped to release himself and left you asleep. He didn't notice that you were gone and he rode straight to us when he realized that you were not in fire with fear for the worst. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I had woken up and I couldn't find anyone. I'm s- I'm so sorry for wandering off. Now, now, I can imagine you must have been terrified. How did you find your way back to the temple? For a moment, wondering if you should reveal Hataru or not. Um, I managed to walk into a blacksmith workshop and they just pointed me in the direction of the temple. They suggested that someone would come. Off man these days. He should have taken you himself. You couldn't help but smile. He was such a nice man, so caring. It was hard to think of him giving your hand in marriage to some kind of evil yokai. Well, at least you'll hold faith and that's what matters. We are almost here. You could hear the excitement in his voice. I cannot wait to see his face. Your heart raced in your ears. Excitement, lament, and fear all fighting for your stomach. You stood back as he opened the fence door, eyes glued to the dirt at the trim of your red skirt. You walked beside him, nervous and gratefulness, alongside fear, taking over your mind, your stomach flip-flopping back and forth. Are you not afraid, my dear? Your mother's voice seemed to call to you, and for a second, you wanted to answer with a broken, childish yes. Mori, Hana, Mori, Hana, Mori and Hana. You chanted in your head, they are the reason that I'm here, and I can't turn back. They will live on well without me, and if they can't have me, they can probably take either one of them. They are younger, and they are weaker. Responsibility pushed you forward. The smell of evergreens and grass as you walked gently across the stone path.
The man opened the gate and you stepped inside into a beautiful garden. It seemed like your eyes were adjusting to the mist and to the fog a large imposing home stood. One that looked more like a lord home than an average villager. Please go on, miss. I want the sun to greet you. All right. You couldn't help but to wonder what his wife looked like. All you could do was picture him in a dress. <laughs> Try not to laugh at the absurd image I created. You walked towards the screen door, but waited on the steps, not trying to seem too eager. The old man stepped in front, slowly opening the screen door. An old lady in a mask approached quickly. Ah, is this the young miss? The woman asked, bulldozing towards you. Yes, this is her. She reminds me of you. You smiled at the cute exchange, and with all politeness, you bowed. Oh, where are my manners? She said, removing her mask and showing her face. She looked so delightful with her little shoulder-length white hair, soft brown eyes, and deep smile lines. I know how strange things might look to you as a newcomer. I was once known to the village too, but I have gone accustomed as I know you will too. Now, let's see you, miss. You deeply appreciated what she said. It made you feel a lot less alone, even though you were in a new place with new people. To know you were not the first definitely helped. And quickly, you undid the tie around your head. Oh, Ma, she's beautiful. And the woman said, also giving a nice bow. Like a great addition to the family. I'm so glad. And maybe she can even distract that boy from his forestership. Get him out of that goddamn workshop. She had said more to her husband than to you. Okay now, come on, miss. Oh, and feel free to call me granny. Everyone around here does. Graciously, you entered. The hour went by so quickly with introductions and pleasantries alongside sweets and teas. But as the sun came higher in the sky, you were yet to meet your groom. And although your nerves had calmed learning that he was their grandchild, the hour went by quickly. You enjoyed the company, but you couldn't stop your eyes from falling. Granny didn't take long to push you into the West Wing and make you settle into a lone room. Not as if you could complain. When your head hit the pillow, you were out like a light. It took hours for you to awaken. The moon high in the sky once again. You shook your head, feeling uncomfortable in the wedding dress that you continued to confine you for days. Slowly rising, you noticed the kimono perfectly folded by your futon. With date delicacy, you lifted it and unveiled a long silk kimono with the colors of the setting sun. You smiled, grateful for the kind gesture, getting up to find the outhouse and hopefully finding a bathing room. You let your veil slip off of your head, 
letting your hair fall loose over your shoulders. Hoping that the covers of the darkness you would go unnoticed. You slide the door open. You scream with all your might when a hand falls over your mouth, muffling it. All you can see was a mask with bulging eyes. Hush, it is very late. A rough voice coaxes you, pushing you back into the room. You fall back and make main eye contact. When his head turns to slide the door, you close and you kick at his shin. Fuck! Planes, but you kick him even more. Flailing your legs, trying to knock him down. Eventually, he was blocking his body curled into a ball at the foot of your bed. And then a thought hit you like a slap across the face. He couldn't be. My husband? Who are you? You asked warily, but he didn't stop protecting his body. Hotel Havanizuka, you're not a very well wanted husband. Wait, you placed your hands on your hips. The same Hataru from the blacksmith workshop this morning? I was in the workshop this morning. Could you be. It is you to think our past will cross again so soon. He removed his hands from his head. Are, are you my new husband? I suppose so. I caught one of your existence today. Pushed back his black hair, his robe loose over his shoulders, seductively lowered to hint at more to see. Well, and here I thought it's a key to her wives to start beating the husbands, not mere moments. Shame rose from your feet to the tippy top of your head. To think that you would beat your husband only after a few moments of meeting him. You fell to the futon, your head pressed against the blanket, in the ultimate bag of forgiveness. Forgive me, I didn't know. I would have never struck. Please, be merciful to me. Your hands trembled, unsure of how he would react or even rectify the situation. No, please. He said, gently grabbing her hands and helping you get off the floor. Don't beat yourself over it. I wasn't expecting you at all, and I see how it could be a little scary in the middle of the night. But I didn't mean to wake you. I thought you just could use an ice bath. You gazed upon his beautiful face, thick black brows arched in concern, lips tight as he inspected your legs, shame, heat, and fear mixing. You shifted just enough to let your dress cover your legs. I never would have guessed that you would end up being my husband, you said as he walked you towards the restroom. You took careful motion and care of where you placed your feet, still holding on to his hands. He'd opened the door once he reached the bathing area, and you were so impressed that they had three different washrooms in each wing of their home. I concur. 
I did not expect a wife. He had said from beyond the wall. No one insisted that he stay, as the house was too big and unfamiliar, and more so in the dark. I do apologize. I don't tend to attack people. And enjoy the sounds of his muffled laughter. I would hope not. I don't know if I'd fare well with a feral wife. Exacerbated, you ducked yourself further into the water, making small bubbles form at the surface while you came up for breath. Clearly, it'd be too much for even me to undertake. Well, I promise I'll be a good wife if you promise me you'll be a good husband. You suggested. You have my word. With that, you rose from the water, taking a towel and wrapping it around your body. You made your way out of the high tub when your foot slips. You yell as your foot flies into the air and you land on your bum. Hotaro runs towards you. Are you alright? Seems that panic evident in his wide eyes as he immediately turns around and runs towards you. Your ankle stings. When you feel the cold air, you realize your towel is nicely spread beneath your body, all four corners flat against the floor. Oh my! You say, trying to scramble the towel around your body. The sting is still strong, but you gasp as the pain spreads. Can you walk? He asked, looking straight at the door. No. No, it hurts too much. My ankle hurts. You can feel the tears welling up under your eyes. He walked towards the small table, lifting a kimono, and he tried to stare everywhere but at you as he came back and dropped the silk fabric over your body. Don't move. I'm going to lift you. Carefully, he lifted you into his arms, your legs over his forearms, and your head resting against his neck. To take you to this wing's kitchen. It's small, but it does have some medical equipment there. Then we can check in whether it's a sprain or it's broken. He walked quickly and silently, maneuvering his way perfectly in the dark. He sat you down and then lit a lantern. Quickly mending to your ankle, he placed it delicately, noting it's a sprain. He spread a small amount of ointment and then wrapped it tightly. I'm so sorry, I'm such a mess. You said, wondering if he would ship you back and exchange you for one of your sisters. After today, you wouldn't be surprised if he did. Do not apologize if you did nothing wrong. I would place a tub, or I'll have it lead smaller. This way it never happens again. I should have foreseen this. Big golden brown eyes, full of worry, stirred up. His stomach turned as he heard him blame himself. Please don't. It's clear it's me. I, I don't think I would make such a good wife. Even if your grandfather paid so much for me. Stop. I will not hear of this. You were chosen as a wife for me. My grandfather said it's because you are loving and kind and you care about your family. And I see that you are kind and loving much more than I could have imagined. Yes. A surprise. What a very welcome one. On his knees, he leaned his head on your lap, his black hair spreading upon his face. Hotoru placed a kiss on the soft fabric between your thighs. And very, 
and irresistible. Shiver ran up her spine in an all too familiar heat rising. But I will be until you are well enough and willing. And willing? You were pleased after him. And wanting. Wanting? You said breathlessly. Yes, very much so. But we will wait until you recover fully. <sighs> you breathed out in desperation. Five days had gone past of you sleeping alone in your room. He had refused to join you, claiming it would be wrong, regardless of your marital status. It had left you frustrated and irritated, as well as limited as how long you could walk. But it had given you some time to get familiar with the place. You'd learn to love the serene quietness of the night and the frog that liked the blanket always laid over everything. Hazaru has spent every night making sure you'd eaten and spending time talking. But it did not feel like an arranged marriage as every night you had slept apart. One night, you had not been able to sleep and you began to search around, managing to stumble your way into his room. You had stayed there for a while, staring as he slept, sweetly, as if nothing was wrong. And after a while, you retired to your room, afraid of being caught. It was late into the night, with the smell of fresh metal and fire sparkled in the air. You knew it was him getting closer. Facing the moon, he quotes around your shoulders and two cups of sake by your side. Isn't it cold? He'd asked taking off his mask, his hat charms moving in gentle beauty with the wind, swathed rainbows reflecting off of it. That's what the quilt is for, come sit down with me. You patted the wooden porch, he didn't say anything but he joined, and you placed a beer blanket around his shoulders. That was cute, but it did nothing. He said with a smile. His arm went around your waist and he dragged you to his lap. Would you like to drink a bit with me? Only if you feed it to me. You pushed down the embarrassment and took a sip of sake. Hasura pulled you in for a kiss and the wine slipped from your lips and a few drops fell sliding down your neck and onto your breast. Hasura followed their path with kisses and the flick of the tongue. You tightened this quilt over them and you gasp with the pleasure. Your thighs rub against his, your body melting into the warm puddle of wanting. His hands were around your neckline of your robe, splitting it open and exposing your breast. You press them against his chest, nipples shaping against his clothing, then doing it within your thighs, wanting more, something to satisfy it. You huffed. But are you eager and willing? Yes, please. He laid a hand on your inner thighs and pushed your legs open. You could see the sweat shining on his temples and the darkening of his amber eyes. Tonight, 
I shall make you my wife. Well, I like hope that you enjoyed it and you come back for a Christmas one. Alright, bye. <laughs>